Welcome back for another nerdy episode where books and drinking go hand in hand. And where foreshadowing and bizarre theories are all the buzz. Now get ready as we crack open and crack up over our new novels. I'm Aiden Galloway. I'm Bryn Plyler. And this is Sips and Subtext. The following podcast contains strong language, references to alcohol and sexual behavior, and books and characters we don't own. Hey guys, and welcome back to Sips and Subtext. I'm Bryn. And How I'm you- Aiden. How you doing, Aiden? <laughs> I'm doing good. Pretty tired, so I'm a little thrown off, but ready to record, ready to talk about what we just read. Oh yeah, definitely me too. I read this either yesterday or the day before. All of my days are running together now, so I don't know at this point. But I sent you a text and I was like, I am bursting at the seams to talk about this now. I can't I can't wait any longer. Please hurry up. See, my procrastination helps a lot with that because I've started just reading it this day of recording. So it's pretty fresh. I like that aspect as well. But also then I don't have to like sit with my emotions for it because we're getting into the parts that are very much uh, stressful or emotional or all the feelings and the less amount of time I have to sit with it without being able to talk to you or our listeners about it, the, mm-hmm. the better to me. Yeah. Well, because I read it 48 hours ago or, or somewhere around there, I read these five chapters twice for the first time. It was just because I just inhaled the pages. Like I just could not put it down. And then the second time I actually read it in a little bit more of an analytical sense and tried to, you know, be like, okay, why would, why would she act that way? Why would she, you know, say these things? Yeah. Say the, say these things go about it in that aspect type deal. Yeah. So it was, I would say these are probably some of the, we get information finally chapter 32. I think it chapter 32. I was just like, okay, I'm going to have anyway. It was, it was a, it was a information. Yes. Like filled. Dump. Yes. Completely. <laughs> And before we get into that, I first of all, I want to just do a little side note. Normally, my dog is not in the room when I record because she's a little needy sometimes. But mm-hmm. she is today, and she is already asking for attention this whole time. So if you hear any weird noises, it's probably her. Um, do not be worried. I'm not getting attacked in my own home. <laughs> she's just probably jumping on my lap or a demanding attention. Yeah. But that's, um, that, that's just my little note. And then on top of that... Well, I'll I'll get to the drink in a second, but on top of that, you probably just heard my bedroom my, or my apartment door open and shut twice, and that was because Aiden and I waited to start recording until my my fiance Alex had left to go fishing because in episode like one or two we decided yeah you you really can't be here while we record so we waited until he left but apparently he forgot something so he came back up so I'm sorry about that that quick interruption but um it's okay we'll we'll see how much we can edit that out in on the back end but um yeah so the drink of the episode is a bloody mary and gotta say bloody marys are not my favorite i hate tomatoes can't stand them i do as well so this is the first time both of us are active so Anyone who's read this book will know why we chose this. And when we go into the summary, you'll see very quickly why why we chose this mm-hmm. drink. But we're both actively protesting tomatoes yeah. <laughs> in general in our lives. 
So we will not, we, neither of us are drinking this. I am going back to our, and you are as yeah. well, our um, prologue or before we started a book episode. And we're both drinking um, truly. So I have a truly black cherry and I am enjoying that before I have to get right back into my schoolwork for mm-hmm. midterms, which is just what I want to do with my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm drinking a truly mango, uh, truly mango lemonade. And I, but, you know, we decided on a Bloody Mary because of what was in the book. And if you enjoy Bloody Marys, then more power to you. This section's for you. Enjoy that while you listen. Um, But it's just not our cup of tea. So if you want to know how to make a Bloody Mary, we've linked it in in our explanation of the episode and it includes tomato juice, uh, Worcestershire sauce, celery, garlic, Tabasco sauce, and, and, and it, vodka. It, okay. I yeah. thought vodka was the base for it. Oh my yeah. Goodness. Vodka is at the very bottom of this ingredients list that I'm reading, but it's in there. So it is alcoholic a little bit. Um, and also I've heard that it's good for hangovers like with or without the alcohol in it so if you're listening this to the in the morning you just had a wild night out i don't know why you'd want to hear all our voices first thing in the morning but thank (laughs) you anyway (laughs) but you can also enjoy that maybe it'll tide you over a little bit help you get through the morning a little a little easier yeah so that is our drink of the episode and aiden if you will take it away with the summary Yes, so to summarize, we read five chapters, as you guys know. They were chapters 29 through 33. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can count, I promise. So in chapter 29, Feyre is still living in her father and sister's mansion. Um, She's not really at home. She doesn't really know how to be in this new situation. It's very weird, especially with Elaine and her father not remembering anything. Nesta is still very much acting weird she's very cold and aloof and um Feyre doesn't really understand why she doesn't think it's that different from her sister but it's still very off when her sister was expecting once she would be wealthy again she'd be happy so why does she not remember not feel that way anymore and towards the end of the the chapter Feyre heads back to the old village to see the Todge see the forest see the people that live there um, help the village out financially because she does have a lot of riches from her dead aunt is what her family thinks who are still glamoured but it actually is all because of Tom- Tomlin and then we move into chapter 30 she's still in the village she sees Thomas Mandre she sees Isaac and feels nothing and then the ball is coming even closer but she still wants to work do things out in the garden see what Elaine has been working on and finally she uh, talks to Nessa and says hey what's going on and Nessa's just like your monster didn't work on me I remember everything they couldn't break my will I'm too tough for them essentially you could not make me stop remembering and Feyre actually has someone then at the house she can actually talk and tell the whole story and everything that she had happened to her good and bad and her and her sister Nesta becomes closer because of that Mm -hmm. Uh, chapter 31 starts with the ball um, needless to say, Pharaoh wasn't very into it. Neither was Nesta. She doesn't really like to fake her feelings, I would say. And she finds out that Claire Betters had been 
kidnapped by the sound of it, or her body just hasn't been found, but her entire family's estate was burned down. And that was the name that she gave to Ry- recent when he was threatening her back at Tomlin's Manor. So because of that, she told her family everything and decided she needs to go back, back to the Supreme Court to find Tamlin and try to help him, try to save him. And Nessa tells her to go and never look back, paralleling what her father said to her when she was first taken by Tamlin. And as she goes, Elaine helps her. She understands why she needs to go. She goes to the forest. She goes to the wall, eventually finding with her horse and her supplies uh, the hole in the wall that she went through in the first place with Tamlin. She heads back to the court. And there is nothing. Everything is ruined in shambles. It's nothing the place that she wants to know. It's no longer that beautiful, um, vibrant estate that she knew and began to love. Um, Some of it's burned. And while she's there, she thinks she's being followed, almost killed. But really, it's Alice in the remains of the house finding supplies for wherever she's hiding out. And in this chapter, which is chapter 32, Alice explains to her what the curse really is. And the curse and the blight are the person, Amarantha. Uh, She is from the court of Highburn. She was a general. Her sister loved a human. And he killed her sister. Therefore, she killed him. And she hates humans for the rest of time now. So she went to the courts, took over the courts by stealing everyone's power. Meaning the high lords and the high ladies' powers. And wanted, desired Tamlin. And because he turned her down, because she's horrible, Amarantha laid a curse on him for 49 years that she would have, he would have to have a human girl fall in love with him who hated fairies and tell her that she loved him for this curse to be broken. So Alice is upset saying that Feyre could have broken the curse because she was human and she knew how they felt about each other and she did not shoot. She was left and sent away by Tamlin three days before the curse ended. And that's when Amarantha came and took him to under the mountain where she's holed up and in control as high queen of all the courts. So Feyre asks Alice to take her there because she wants to go and try to save Tomlin, who she does love. She just never told him. So Alice takes her to this tunnel, which takes her to under the mountain. She pretty much gets lost under there. She doesn't really know where to go. She, before she leaves Alice, she tells her to go find Nesta who would help take care of her. Um, should any, when everything goes to hell eventually. And she goes in this passage and she gets to under, under the mountain and gets lost within the maze that's there. And at the very end of chapter 33, she is found by the actor. And that is our summary for these five chapters. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. Chapter 32. I, yeah, I remember it was two nights ago because it was, um, the night that my sisters had a soccer game. And so like, I'm trying to be a good sister, even though I'm uh, 700 miles away from home, from where they're playing because of COVID they have put live cameras on most high school sporting events. And so you can go onto this website and, and watch their game live essentially. So trying to be a good sister, but if they're not on the field, I wasn't watching. Sorry. Um, So I'm trying to be a good sister and watch the game. My mom calls me. My fiance calls me. My, um, oh gosh, who else called me? Oh, his sister called me three times and she was butt dialing me, but 
is his sister. So I'm going to answer every time just in case. And this is all during chapter 32. Yes, this is all during chapter 32. <laughs> People are texting me. And then like Claire and Avery are going on and off the field. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. <sighs> I'm, I guess I'm going to have to put a pause on this, but I don't want to because everything is getting so good. This is all the information that we've been missing and now everything makes sense. Leave me alone. I was on the, I texted Aiden. I was like, I am on the brink of like, oh, I'm going to tell somebody off in a few minutes if they don't leave and, me alone. And she texted me this and I didn't see it before. I'm on, <laughs> I'm on TikTok and I'm, I just automatically send like different TikToks mm-hmm. to people that I'm like, oh, this is funny. You'd like this. Yeah. And I sent her that. And then I looked at the text messages. I'm like, oh, I'm not helping. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'll leave you alone. <laughs> Okay, yeah. I would like to say this is how how I was very ineptly explaining how I like info dumps. This is what I like when if you're gonna give me an info dump, this is how I prefer it. Mm-hmm. I this is my style when I that was my main complaint about the cauldron and the um the painting that was in the study mm-hmm. is I didn't like that style of info dump. I like this a lot better, and I'm I'm it's. It fits a lot better here, so I understand why she did it here, but 32 made me very frustrated with Alice, I'm gonna be honest, because Alice is blaming her for not saying I love you, and for the curse not being broken, Mm. like, it's her fault. Like, I understand that part of the curse is they could not tell anyone about the curse, because then that would be forcing someone to love you and Mm -hmm. all of those different like moral things and probably amaranth amarantha just wrote it that way or did it that way however curses work yeah Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. to blame the human who doesn't understand anything about magic for just not saying i love you to a man she's only known what what did we say maybe four months yeah maybe six five months well it was the middle of winter when she was taken and you, we have at least reached the summer solstice. So, so six months. Yeah, approximately. Like, eh, I, I don't think it's justified. I, I, like, if you're going to be angry at anyone, be angry at the person who actually did the curse or at Tamlin, because mm-hmm. she would have said, I love you in those next couple of days. I don't doubt I know. that. Like, why send her away right then? I mean, I guess because with the carriage and everything else he needed to make sure that she got home before those three days were up so that she was in a protected area. I guess that that was why he did it that way. But like if you had given her the time also, I'm pretty sure that there had to be like a little catch in the curse so that like if she didn't 100% mean it, then she physically was not going to be able to say the words back. I think that that was why at the end of chapter 28, whenever she was, he'd said it to her twice. He said, I love Mm -hmm. you twice to Feyre. And she said that she couldn't make herself say it back either time. Mm. And so I'm like, we already know that Tamlin isn't her end all be all. So I don't think... Yes, but we also know that this... Like, the way this book's gonna end, she's gonna break the curse. The curse will be broken somehow, either by her killing Amarantha, or it's gonna be broken. Like, it won't be... Like, something else will go wrong, because there's four more books in this Mm -hmm. series, Mm -hmm. but in this one, I don't think he's gonna be wearing a mask for the next five books in these series. So that curse is gonna be broken. Yeah, but, like, I don't think that 
I think that she does love him, but I don't think she loves him the way the curse needed her to in order to break it. And I think that like she physically wasn't going to be able to say I love you back to him because if it wasn't the right I love you, then Amarantha would have spun it so that she wouldn't be able to say it back Mm -hmm. so that her curse wouldn't be broken. I just think the whole situation is so here's I, it was a roller coaster because Amarantha initially I was like I mean other than she's a war criminal like obviously that's marks against her first off but I I understand why she hates humans after a guy manipulated and murdered her sister which I don't think she's actually dead <laughs> my Ooh. new theory is that Amarantha's sister is Feyre's mom or something like that <gasps> That's my theory. Oh my gosh. So when Amarantha sees her, she's going to be like, oh my God, because Feyre looks so much like her. Like her mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you would think. She'd recognize her sister's body parts. You would think. No, no. I'm saying that like, if she. Usually, usually sisters look alike. Mm. So if Feyre would be the daughter of. Clithia. S- Clithia. Oh, these names. Okay. Is that right? Clithia? Yeah, it's Clithia. But if she's the daughter of Clithia, and Clithia would be the sister of... They would look alike, but also Faye glamour themselves to look differently. I don't know how much that can affect other Faye, but Feyre wouldn't have the full effect of a glamour, so she wouldn't be as beautiful as her mother entirely, because her mother is a high elf. Okay. Okay. Also, I don't think the timeline... It's that like matches up necessarily for Clothia to be her mother. So I'm thinking maybe she's just like a descendant because I okay. think that happened like over a hundred years ago, unless Clothia was just hanging around humans for a hundred years and then found the father, which why would anyone choose that man? Um, <laughs> but there's yeah. a limit. She's just, just, now she's just being a dick. Like she took over the court. She stole everyone's power, which I wrote down in my most notes that sound like, essentially magic sexual assault because you just are making people i agree pass out and then taking away their autonomy essentially no she didn't make them pass out she got them drunk i thought and then they were laying prone and then she stole it out of their chest they might have still been awake for it which oh my gosh that would hurt i'm sure because magic is such a deep source of their yeah life and energy Mm -hmm. so Something that Alice said stuck out to me. Feyre asked if Tamlin were to receive all of his powers back, would he be able to defeat her? And Alice said, well, she originally defeated them with her cunning, with her cleverness, Mm -hmm. not with brute strength. And to me, that means that somehow Feyre is going to be able to outsmart Amarantha. And no offense to Feyre, but based off of what we've seen, I don't know how that will happen. I don't yeah. know how she... She has not shown me the gumption and the the mental ability to outthink a, a Fey general. A Fey general and also a profession courtier. Like, there's a lot of social understanding and manipulation that goes Mm -hmm. into, like, court politics. For her to be able to just hop around and, 
what seven there's seven quarks and no one be the wiser that she's recruiting troops and bringing people over from highburn and essentially taking over this entire time yeah mm-hmm. i that Yes, that I also get that from Alice, that what she believes, including the last thing she said to Feyre before Feyre went into the tunnel to under the mountain was there's listen still to what you hear. Listen to what you hear. There's still something you don't know. I'm like, why can't you tell her? Well, she <laughs> said it was on. physically causing her pain. Like it was. I know. It's, it's just it's almost <laughs> like somebody constricting your throat, tell, saying, don't tell this to her right now. Um that's the way I envisioned it. Like she said, you know, this is hurting my her I bones. I think it's interesting that she, Amarantha, even though she stole all those powers, she still cannot use them. Mm. Because there's something that's very unique about each power of a high lord or a high lady that they have it themselves. That they can sound like she couldn't use them or she could use such a small amount that it really didn't change her amount of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would... That would make sense that they would have to have like a um, a limit on how much she was able to use them because otherwise, if she were able to obtain all of the best powers from, from each, each of them, yeah, she would have already been like. There's no way that any of them would have been able to withstand her. Like you know, already summer, winter, and autumn. No, summer, winter, and. I think Autumn, definitely Daycourt, Daycourt fell. Are you talking about the three that tried to do a revolution and she shut it down real quick? Yes. I think it was Summer, Winter, and Day. Okay. Yeah, so if she can take over three of them, and obviously, um, what's it? What's Reason's? Night Court. Obviously, Mm -hmm. Night Court is, um, you know, under her control because she's sleeping with the High Lord of that court i don't think it's because she's sleeping i think he's letting her be in control essentially oh interesting okay i don't think it's i don't think he's choosing to like let her have control because she's that good in bed i think he's letting her be in bed with him because he doesn't want to die and wants his court Mm -hmm. to survive longer yeah okay that makes sense but still basically she has control of them so it's just spring and autumn left right mm-hmm. well no i think autumn was taken t- taken over Mm-mm. also dawn dawn court isn't it dawn day and night are the like yeah so day winter and summer have already been taken over she's sleeping with night court so then we still have dawn autumn which she has the powers from each of those high lords it's just mm-hmm. how much they were able to keep their borders safe essentially right yeah um yeah so i just i don't know i'm i think there has to be a limit to how much she can use their powers because otherwise she would have already taken over and the humans would have been toast i think what's gonna happen is Feyre will break the curse by finding how to make her release those powers and then it's gonna be like the hyenas from lion king when all the high lords and ladies get their powers back and she's Mm. gonna be torn to shreds because I, unless Feyre magically becomes like a high lord or lady within these like next 12 chapters, mm-hmm. it's more like 15, I think, but something like that. I don't think she has the power. It's either just going to be her outsmarting, but I think her asking so many questions about Tomlin possibly being able to kill her, 
that has to be foreshadowing of some kind. Mm-hmm. Either mm-hmm. it's foreshadowing that he can't and Farrah's going to have to fix it or that she gives the powers back and he can and that's what happens. I wonder if it's he can't, but because Recent is so close with her, he has figured out her weaknesses and was just waiting for the right time to um, take advantage of them, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it's going to be Recent and Feyre working together right here at the end, and that's what's going to kickstart that romance. If that happens, I don't think the romance will start yet. I think it's going to... I think she has another book with Tomlin, is what my theory is. Because you don't write this whole romance and then it falls like apart at the very end. Mm-hmm. I think it, at least halfway through the next book, they're still like talking or something. But I think Reese does it and then he turns around and is like, okay, you're all now you all listen to me. Ooh. So she starts to trust him and is like, oh, this is the guy I met in the forest. He's actually helpful. He, he's been the secret spy all along. And then he's like, psych. I, I just wanted the power for myself. Lord. I hope not, but I don't I don't know at this point. I don't know. Can we talk about Nessa now? Yeah. So, okay, yes. I I don't think she's redeemed, but I like her a lot more. And this is how an older sister should act. At, at least a <laughs> I little bit. I was ask you that. Because I'm an only child. I was like, is this a normal sister relationship? I feel like this is actually kind of I mean, realistic. Yeah, I... There's definitely a love-hate relationship with sisters. I definitely, definitely do not know where the line is as far as, like, how far to take things whenever I'm pissed off at somebody. Because Mm -hmm. growing up with sisters, you can take it as far as you want. And literally the next 10, like, 10 minutes later, you're fine. You're totally fine. And it's because it's your sister. But, like, you never learn the boundary of going too far. So, Mm -hmm. like, I don't try and get into confrontational arguments with people because I don't want to go into older sister mode where I try to manipulate you and, like, am am that bad and rude to you. Are you okay? (laughs) No. Um, Okay. Good. Good to know. (laughs) But this is how when something is wrong with your sister, when something has happened, you step up. No matter what happened, no matter if it's her fault, no matter if it, you know, happened to her because of her, whatever happened, you step up because it is your sister and it is your duty. Like you have, you share blood, you share bonds. You like, even if you've hated each other for years, you don't have anything in common. That's still your sister. Right. That's, Mm -hmm. that is which I love both of my sisters. We get along great now that we don't live together. And, <laughs> and you know, like, I, I would do anything for them. Like, if they came to me and they were in trouble, there's nothing that I wouldn't do to try and help them. So I was proud of Nesta, even if she still is a little bit of a bitch and she's still, like, standoffish. She least stepped up to the plate and said, I'm here for you. Tell me what's been going on. I'll try and help you if I can. And I also, because I didn't remember if it was said before. It probably was, and I just didn't remember. But the ages of Elaine and Nesta. So Nesta is only 22 right now. Um, and then Elaine is like 20, 21-ish. 
Um, and then Feyre is 19, as we discussed. But that's very young. Like, for anyone, like... I'm 22. Same, yeah, she's the same age as us. And she's yeah. like, I'm going to ride a horse to the forest and go <laughs> fight a fairy. Go find your <laughs> sister. Yeah. <laughs> go fight a fairy. <laughs> like, I would do it's that. Just, it's so much respect. And it's good for her. And I knew she had it in her. I was like, I knew there was something weird there where she wouldn't, like, talk about the ants or anything with with Feyre and how she was acting. I'm like, ah, she knows something. I don't think it's just because she has an iron will why the glamour didn't work. That That's not it. Okay. okay. We're <laughs> so, back. So oh, my God. For This is just a background thing. Um we the way we record is we have to record in like 30 minute increments is just the program that we use um but sometimes it's all over wi-fi so it looks weird when it's like processing and uploading and it does it automatically but we just had to take like a 10 minute break because we thought one of the sections like Bryn's side was not uploading just went into the void (gasps) and so you guys would have only heard my voice for the past 30 minutes (laughs) so and we so So what happened was when we were starting our recording today, I started too soon. Like I pressed record too soon. And so I stopped that one. And then I started again when Aiden was ready. And so once we were done with that 30 minute increment, I decided to delete that like five second clip that I had pre-recorded. And when I did that, my 30 minute clip that we had just got done recording disappeared for a second. And I went into like, (laughs) I went into panic mode because I thought that I deleted the wrong one and I didn't even know you could delete a processing thing on here, but I, yeah, it was a, a, we just went through all of the emotions um both good and bad because once we found out that it was still there we were very very happy it was quite a few minutes of panicking and celebrating so because yeah. also normally we we do all these over zoom because she she's in florida I'm in tennessee yeah. and we record the zooms just in yep. case something like this happens that's why there's sometimes audio mess ups or yep. differences in audio and we didn't even oh, do God. that this time which is on both of us it's not just brand neither <laughs> thought of it and I... we're like sitting here like okay we're gonna have to pantomime the last 30 minutes of conversation oh my gosh okay now that we've talked about this for like two and a half minutes, okay. so let's get back to what we were actually talking about. I'm so sorry that I did that and put us in a panic mode. Okay. Nothing ha- it's not your fault. <laughs> okay, so Nesta, I think both sisters have improved so much in just these I pictures. agree. Like Elaine, you see, like, still not a Nobel Peace Prize winner, like, not mm-hmm, intelligent mm-hmm. necessarily, but so kind, so good. She knows so much about flowers. So, like, her topics of interest, incredible, mm-hmm. incredible mm-hmm. amount of information, like, be able to take in and so empathetically um, observant. Mm-hmm. Like, she might not understand everything, but if it comes to someone she loves, she sees it and she mm-hmm. is willing to, like, help you deal with it even if she doesn't understand why it's happening like what she was like she knew Thayer had met someone as soon as she got back she asked her that about the aunt's house and then Nesta as we were just talking about strong-willed 
I, it's not she's not strong enough to break fairy magic. I don't think, but I think she's just part fairy. I think, <laughs> yeah, it's it's another thing that's just leading into the fact the the un, the yet unknown fact that they are part fey and obviously Feyre and Nesta have gotten the m- most of the fairy genes uh in regards to the sisters like i i still think that Elaine obviously she looks like them so she has to have some of those genes but maybe they're just not as dominant in her dna yeah i thought that Elaine what became leaps and bounds uh, more interesting in these few chapters. You know, by the end of it, when Feyre did explain things and both the father and Elaine started remembering stuff, um, Elaine stepped up to the plate when the father didn't. Mm-hmm. Elaine stepped up to the plate, had a satchel prepared, her horse prepared. Like, she was like, I remember, I am still scared, but I trust you, I believe in you, I love you, good luck. Mm-hmm. And the father's nowhere to be seen, just probably <sighs> counting his rubies or whatever Tomlin right. gave him. Yeah. And like that's one thing that I I like about the change. I wish the father did anything redeemable. But that in this retelling of Beauty and the Beast, the, the se- se- sisters are not evil stepsisters. They're yeah. genuine sisters because in the Beauty and the Beast, the reason why she never went back is because the sisters like manipulated or broke her in mm-hmm. some way. Not the Disney one, because she doesn't have sisters in that, but the original tellings. And I it, definitely it, got all of the Beauty and the Beast vibes from these five chapters. Yes, like, I, I, I remembered yeah. once again, that's what we were reading. I'm like, oh yeah, there's a curse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I get yeah. it now. Yeah, like you said this in like episode one, that this was a retelling of Beauty and the Beast. And like, I saw bits and pieces of it, but like I could pull it away from that and not totally compare it to Beauty and the Beast. But these five chapters were like spit, like almost spit and image retelling-ish. With, I mean, you know, obvious changes, but like, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is definitely Beauty and the Beast space, which is fine. I like it. I'm not opposed to it, but I'm interested to see if it keeps being the Beauty and the Beast trope in the next four books, or if she's going to like take another fairy Very tale good. spin hmm. in the other ones. I mean, either way would be interesting to me. Um, but what I think is interesting is that, well, oh, I don't want it to be like, oh, true love's kiss and that breaks the curse. If that ends up happening, everything, all the character development we've seen from Feyre and from- No, but they've already kissed. Yeah, but if that's like, if she just needs to say, I love you, and then the curse is broken, and that's how they defeat Amarantha, that feels very cheap to me. Like, mm-hmm, I think it should mm-hmm. be that and then something else, or- it just breaks the one curse on Tamlin, but she still has all these other people's power, so they have to do other things, too. Right. Because I know Feyre's gonna break the curse, but I don't think... At this point, it's been after the 49 years, she shouldn't be able to just say, I love you, and it work. Because yeah. the curse... The, like, time the of the contract yeah. is over yes. now. <laughs> uh-huh. But I think there's cooler things that could be done than just that like i yes power of love is important and all that but also i want to see someone Feyre kick some butt let her kick some butt or use her wits and her newfound confidence to 
manipulate and control a situation because mm-hmm. people don't think she knows anything, but she knows a lot more than they do or something like that. Not just be like, Tamlin, I, I actually love you. Wrong. Yeah. I hope she proves me wrong because, you know, she really hasn't been able to um, show to me that she is extremely witty and, you know, she's not well read. She's not, you know, she was the one that kept the family alive, but that was more out of like sheer desperation and trial and error versus real wit and smarts, in my opinion. I mean, yes, I would agree. She doesn't seem to have a lot of butt smarts because she hasn't had the opportunity, but I would argue that it's just as much a form of intelligence to be able to find out those things and learn those things for yourself yeah, without I anyone think, yeah, that's true. really teaching her. Okay, that's true. I agree. Like it, That takes a form of like grit and determination. Street smarts. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And common sense, which none of her family really... I think Nessa has the second most compared to Feyre of just common sense. Yeah. I wish we had... I think we're going to have to learn more about the mom pretty soon because, you know, we haven't learned a lot about her other than she was this stuck up rich woman who died from typhus and, you know, like she had, she didn't really have a lot of love for her kids, which I don't understand that at all. If I'm ever gifted with a child that is the last thing that I would consider myself to be is an mm-hmm. unloving and an unattentive parent. Um, just because of how I am with my dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> so just imagine that ten, tenfold with a child, um, which, you know, Trinity is my child right now. I am very, very protective of her, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I, we're going to have to learn more about her to understand why Nesta is the way she is mm-hmm. because I think that of the three of them, Nesta and Feyre probably favor the mother the most. And I want to see to what extent, like I, how much comes from the mom. I also think Nesta is probably the way she is because of her mother to a certain degree. Like in the book, mm-hmm. it talks about why she hates her father so much, which is, Pretty much everything we've been saying about the father up to this point, about yeah. how whatever circumstances Let us you can starve. try, you can try. Yeah. <laughs> but I think she, since she was the oldest, also faced some abuse from the mother as well. Like I know Feyre also did with that vow, that was pretty emotionally abusive. But I think Nesta also experienced some of that before her mother died because she was the oldest daughter, and I'm mm-hmm. sure there was some extra pressure that the mother. For everything we know about her, that would not surprise me either. Yeah, there was some definite um, manipulation going on there because Mm -hmm. I don't think, I think that Nesta would have been more like Feyre in her mannerisms if the mother hadn't been so much of an influence on her. But as a young woman, your mother is the person that you look up to the most. And, you know, if that person isn't no matter how good of a heart you originally come out of the womb with, you know, it's nature versus nurture. We're going to get some more, more of that, you know, 
long lasting trauma probably from your nurture than your nature. Mm -hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the mom has impacted them in the past and how she impacts their lives in the future, because obviously the dad is not part Faye. So no. the yeah, dad's so, not part anything important to be honest. Yeah. Also something that Alice mentioned or didn't mention, I should say is what happened to Jurian, who is Clithia's lover, backstab, mm-hmm. like boyfriend, whatever they were. They just said she she did something bad to him. Essentially, Alice would not say what she did or what happened to him. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to come out and be important in some way because she still has tons of hate for just the human race in general, which I I kind of understand that. But yeah, yeah, but it's just. That that goes into something with Clithia, and I think that's connects it to Feyre. That's also, I looked up what Feyre meant. Finally, I don't know if you've done that or if I mentioned that yet. It means mm-hmm. beauty in Hindu, I believe. Oh, I'll relook it up. I don't want to say it incorrectly, but it does mean be- like beauty. It's like essentially Belle in French. Yeah, which <laughs> that's also very relevant to the original fairy tale here. Hmm. I don't know if I like that now. <laughs> what did you want it to mean? Uh, I don't know, but I don't. I don't like what my name means. So, like, what what does your name mean? Do you oh, know that? Off little the top fire. Of oh, that's so much better than mine. Are you talking about <laughs> your like first name or Bryn? No, I'm talking about Bryn. I'm talking about what I go what I go Bryn by. Mean? So Farah, okay, yeah, uh, just let me, let me. Farah does mean beautiful. Also, it could mean fairy. I just looked it up again. Um, but this this side is saying it has English origins. So like British English origins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not like um Gaulish people origins. I think British. Okay. It also has a meaning in Hindi, but I don't think that's where it came from. Because I think it spells okay. a little differently. But that's that's what I was thinking of before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bryn means tree. <laughs> tree. Which, like, I'm decently tall for a female. But, like, I'm the shortest of my family. You're taller than so, your mom. Are you no, not? I'm, I'm, like, half an inch shorter than my mom. Really? I thought you were mm-hmm. taller than her. Mm-mm. No, I'm half an inch shorter than mom. And then Claire and Avery are like three and four inches taller than me, which, you know, love that. You guys are a family of Amazonians. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, uh, Alex being 6'1", six, 6'2", six, which I should actually know that. He's above six foot. I know that much. So you don't have basketball players? Alex never played basketball. Alex actually sucks at basketball. So if they get basketball from anybody, it'll be from me. And I don't play basketball. So um, they'll get it from my my genes, but not necessarily from me, I guess. Because mm-hmm. I never, the height I never, gene. Yeah. You know, Alex wrestled, which I height d- can... You didn't know that? No, 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 no. I just... I have the next topic of conversation when we get off of this and back to the book. Sorry. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I got off track. Let's get back to the book. I don't, um, we don't need so to talk about... So we haven't talked about 
Lucian's backstory that we learned about. So oh, I need to revisit that because yeah. that's the whole reason we named this <laughs> this this episode the bloody mary episode yes yes because god help him so essentially tomlin did not want to have sex with amarantha wonder why and he sent lucian to go say that and what a dick move what a pussy move honestly (laughs) you have to say it's like the opposite of a a a wingman it's a (laughs) could you imagine if a boy sent his best friend to break up with you (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's essentially what this it's is. Awful. Like, that's that is so wrong. I Tamlin went down on the on the um like score for a couple of things in these chapters, and like some of these, you know, he couldn't help but like with the curse and all. Like, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Lucian got a little snarky at Amarantha, and then she tore out his eye with a fingernail and gave him a big I, scar. Yeah, I and he I, was covered in blood. Yeah. And when yes. Tomlin saw him, he literally vomited. It was yes. that much blood. And this is a warrior high lord. Yes. Like, what did she do? Did she leave it dangling? Like, wh- because we know Tamlin gave him the the replacement eye, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I believe yeah. That's so, so like, she had to do something to that eye and make him bring it back for it to be to earn earn is a weird word but to to get Elicit. that type of a yes that type of response from tamlin like that was just straight gore to me and I, it, it was aggressive it was a, it, yes yeah and then after that that's when she's like oh i'm sorry that happened let's have a masquerade for lucian and i'll apologize because then he can just cover up his ugliness that i caused not that I think he's that ugly. Like, there's plenty of very attractive people who yeah. have to wear fake eyes. And, eye. Yeah, that's fine. But that was essentially her. And then that's when she, he came and she, he's like, no, I'm not going to have sex with you. I've never had sex with you. This is why your sister chose a human. And that caused the curse. And I'm like, Tomlin. Yeah. Keep your you mouth dumbass. shut. <laughs> right? Like, then he spit on her. Like, I just, you asked for it, you dumb person. And what he, are you doing? Even Alice is like, you could have, he could have just said, I will never have sex with you. I would. That's and disgusting. she probably would have let it go. Yeah. And then he had to add in the thing about her sister. Like, we know you... that's her thing. <laughs> Everyone Again, knows. That's what a proper sister does. You don't talk about my sister that way. You just don't. Like, that's a way to create an enemy within me. You do not talk bad about my sister. My sisters have actually completely cut relationships based off of like one of their high school friends. Um, they were longtime friends. And all of a sudden, uh, another friend caught her on video talking smack about one of my sisters. And the other one was just like, yeah, went straight up to the girl. Yeah, you don't talk about her like that. We will no longer associate with you. We are not friends. Do not ask us for anything. Goodbye. And I I am so proud of her for that because I don't think I would have had the balls to go up to somebody else and, and say that if I hadn't. If I had heard it in person, I would have said it right then. But in an after effect, I don't know if I could have done it. So that's the new Lucian backstory, which I already kind of had a feeling some of the about some of that stuff, but mm-hmm. oh, Lord help him. <laughs> a little yeah. man, little boy. 
He's a he's man. He's been through so much. He, he has some trauma. He does. I'm surprised. He like he is a little, you know, hard to take. A little sarcastic. A little bit, little pain in the ass sometimes. But like, I think that he has earned it. Mm-hmm. You know, like he had to uh, essentially fight to the death because his dad wanted to know who was going to be his successor. He decided not to do that and ran away and had to be on the run in order to not get caught and dragged back in order to fight to the death again, found the love of his life, decided that he wanted to officially mate with her and be with her and love her and all of that stuff. So he went back to his parents to get their blessing because apparently that's needed to complete that process. They kill her in front of him, make him watch. He kills two of his brothers. Tamlin kills two of his brothers. Or however, some some brothers are dead now. Some of them. Yes. And then he gets his eye torn out because his friend, his supposed friend, wasn't man enough to go and tell this woman that he didn't want to have sex with her mm-hmm. himself. Like, I hope that... Like, I guess I get that that's why Tamlin doesn't ever discipline Lucian. Like, you know, you've already done enough for me yeah. and, and paid the price for it. Like, I get it. I love you for that. Thanks, friend. But, oh, my gosh, the amount of trauma that Lucian's been through. He deserves to be an ass to people. Like, go ahead. Yeah. Also, I think we need to talk about Tamlin actively sending, like, essential, essentially, like, people get murdered, like, across the wall. I don't think we mentioned that yet. That's no, that's haven't. pretty pre- pretty fucked up, to be honest. It is, but it was part of the curse. Like I it, mean, it was necessary, it was, but yeah, it, it was still very much like. And that I thought it was interesting when Alice was explaining it that she was like, you know, they were never killed by young women. They were either killed by hunters or old women who you know yeah, I, are I, irrelevant. I, like I must have missed being able to fall in love with an older woman is that not right <laughs> oh. what also if an older woman an older human woman can take down a fae why wouldn't you want that exactly and then you know he, with his good heart he just couldn't handle it anymore after sending them out every day for two years and then you know all of a sudden in the last two years of the curse, he starts sending them out again. And wasn't Andrus like the last one or something? Like he was like one of the last ones to be able to send over the wall, which that's why he didn't fight back mm-hmm. because, you know, in order to break the curse for every other person in the spring court, you have to die. Yeah. No, it's, it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> and also it's, he there's nothing in the tree about that humans can kill as many fae mm-hmm. as they want mm-hmm. but that was a little bit of manipulative tomlin to be like you have to come with me yeah it was i agree i like i understand why he did it because he was trying to break the curse but like once the girl finds out after saying i love you that about that she's I, gonna take it back yeah i think she might reconsider some things trust after that. issues are going to be developed one thing I also want to say about Amarantha is that, honestly, she's a horrible person, but she's a really good villain. She's mm-hmm. a really good villain. I judge my villains on, like, if you can't understand where they're coming from or see their side and relate to them a little bit, then it's not a good villain. Mm-hmm. 
because I think a good villain reflects like the darkest parts of like people and mm-hmm. like she's taking it too far at this point for sure but the reason why she's doing it yeah I totally get it. understand I, I would I also do. want to kill everyone if they yeah. killed my let's use I know I'm a sister I mean you're like my sister I would yeah. do some bullshit for <laughs> if someone chopped you up and sent me pieces of you Thank you. That means a lot. I would also try to avenge you as well. I don't take kindly to that. I really don't. I don't think that would make me be like, oh, well, they're just humans. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. We're going to have to get off this subject or else I'm going to get real heated. Okay. (laughs) Moving on. Do you have more to say about the chapters? Are you ready to move into character 18's favorite quote? I think I'm ready to move into that. Um, I don't think I have a lot else to say yeah so i'm i'm gonna go ahead into character rankings okay so there were only really five speaking characters in these chapters um six if you want to count the ator which i don't think we are going to just because he would be at the bottom yeah because it's not really who cares (laughs) right yeah so at the bottom of my of my list right now is the father Mm -hmm. just because like he's he had no redemption he was not there to say goodbye to her and all he cared about was throwing her a ball and seeing how much money and jewels she brought home from said aunt and she was throwing her a ball so maybe she'd get married to a wealthy friend of his essentially right then above the father i gotta say is alice Mm-hmm. I I mean, I really didn't like the way that she talked to Farah during that. Like, if you couldn't tell Farah how to fix it, like Farah asked multiple times, how can I help? I want to help. Let me help. It's not her fault. Like, she didn't cause the curse. Like, yes, she could have broken it, but it's not her fault that Tamlin sent her away early. But like... If she's not feeling in love, she's not feeling in love. Like, you cannot blame her for that. You can't force someone to love someone. You can't force them to say it to them. I was really sad because I've liked Alice this whole time. And she was really crabby and not understanding at all during these chapters. I liked that she assisted Feyre in getting to Under the Mountain and said, you know, stay alive and gave her all of the information that she did. But she gave it to her in such a passive-aggressive... Well, it wasn't even passive-aggressive. It was just aggressive. She was snarling a lot. Yeah. I. Anyway. Then above Alice is Elaine. Because Elaine, you know, she's really sweet, really nice. She grew a lot. But I don't know. She's still just the sister who is extra to me at this point. Like, she doesn't prove to be a vital portion of She's not the... a plot point. Yes. Enough said. And then above Elaine is Nesta. Nesta grew a lot. I hate to even say this because I don't like her, but she reminded me a lot of me and how I would react to a lot of this stuff. Not saying that I could withstand a glamour, but saying that if... You needed to tell me what happened while you were gone. I would listen and understand and try and help you through it. Mm -hmm. And then I would help you if you decided, 
you know, what's best for our family, what's best for the world is for you to go back and try and help them. I will help you achieve that. And then if you need to send people back, I will also help you there. So Nesta grew a lot. She's still standoffish and a little rude, but Mm -hmm. I can deal with her now. And then for the very first time in this whole entire series, Farah is at the top for me. And not necessarily because of what she's done, just because she is better than the rest of the characters in this set. And, you know, like she felt such, such guilt for something she didn't know how to help. She didn't Mm -hmm. know that she had any control over. And I, I empathize with that and I can't, I can understand why, because Alice was being a little bit of a asshole and and projecting that guilt onto her. Mm -hmm. And I felt bad for Feyre and I, I just think that she deserved better in these couple chapters. I think that that could have been delivered to her better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's my rankings for the characters for these chapters. What is yours? Mine is pretty similar. Um, obviously the father goes last. Why is he even there? Honestly, like he's so useless. He's just there to show how inadequate humans can be. I feel like not even that he's like evil or anything. He's just not doing anything helpful. And then, so Elaine and Alice are pretty close to me, but I do agree that Alice is right. Uh, a little bit, high, not a little bit higher than the dad. Um, because she was so aggressive and blaming Feyre for things out of her control, quite frankly, and she, things she would have done to help mm-hmm. if she knew or could have in yep. any way. I agree. So she's there, and then Elaine, because Elaine is very sweet and very kind, and has definitely grown a lot and become more of a well, a little bit more of a well-rounded person. But I agree, she's not important to the plot as of right now, so she's not much higher for me so next i've actually so the top two are very close to me i'm actually gonna put Feyre as number two okay because i think she did show a lot but that whole chapter with alice i wanted her to stand up for herself yeah because I I, i i just was feeling which i just felt like that whole chapter she was just having a really bad trauma response which is much more alice than her because of that vow with her mom and feeling like she had to take care of everyone, even if she didn't know how to like, that was, it was just like, she was being re-traumatized with Tom, mm-hmm. like Tomlin's situation. And that's mm-hmm. not fair to her, but I just felt like this is more of a thing that the author should have done. I feel like that she has grown so much in these past six months and gained confidence and strength in herself that she should have stood up for herself then. And I, I don't agree think with that. like, I, I do agree. She should go and try to help Tomlin, but to not just say, hey, Alice, you guys didn't tell me anything. How was I supposed to know? Like, mm-hmm. I can't fix what I don't know I can fix. Like, yeah. And then number one is Nesta. I think I think a lot of it's because I kind of see myself in her as well. Not that I have a sister, but just like she's had to be strong for, from a very young age. It, she kind of hides her feelings beneath like kind of being that snarky standoffish because she doesn't want to be hurt. But she also very much knows her own worth and wants the people she loves to respect that and see their own worth as well. 
And she has grown a lot in this chapter. So for that reason, she's my number one. Not because she's like me, but just because I think she has. She's a very interesting character to me. And she has grown a lot. And we understand her a lot more. Because Feyre understands her a lot more. I I agree with that. And it was it was really close for me with Feyre and Nesta. But I... I hold grudges and just because of how Feyre, <laughs> no, just because of how Nesta acted in the past, I just couldn't give her that number one spot for me just because I just, I didn't want her to be number one. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, but she's getting there. You know, she's mm-hmm. a flawed character. She is. She's a character. A I'm excited, excited to see what happens next with her. Yeah. And I, I want to make that. it clear with Feyre, Feyre's reasoning for being at number two, she, she's very, very close. And chapter 32 was just a bad chapter overall. We got a lot of information, but it was mm-hmm. just a very traumatizing chapter for her. And I'm not trying to victim blame. I just think that the author is kind of letting go of months of character progress by her yeah. not standing up for herself there. Yeah, I can also agree that I wish that she had said something and when I was done reading that chapter, I was just kind of like, wait a second, Feyre didn't respond to any of the mean things that Alice was saying. She just accepted them almost. Like she, uh, in a way, agreed with them because she didn't say anything one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And that that made me sad that, that Feyre wasn't, didn't feel like she could stand up for herself because she agreed that it was her fault. And, and that I, makes, yeah, yeah, that makes me sad for her. I agree. That's more of my feeling and why she's, it's more that the character development was lost and it makes me sad for her, less the actual character being at fault in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just wanted to make that clear. That I, I never try to victim blame. I just don't like the way it was handled. Mm-hmm. So I, my favorite quote is one by my favorite character this episode. Um, so it's after Nesta when, um, right before Feyre leaves, Nesta is saying, um, don't bother, don't, like, I don't want to meet any fairies, don't bother, you don't have to try to bring me with you. Mm-hmm. And then she says with a shrug, Try to send word once it's safe, and if it ever is, Father and Elaine can have this place. I think I'd like to see what else is out there, what a woman might do with a fortune and a good name. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> That's what I like to see. Yes, I, I really liked that line, too. But I think my favorite was, I think it was more Feyre's response to this, was whenever Nesta said, we don't need you, Feyre. Do not look back. You know, father once told you never to come back. And I'm telling you now we can take care of ourselves. And she said, once I might have taken it as an insult, but now I understood, understood what a gift she was offering me. And I think that that shows just how much Feyre has grown, how much she has let go of her, her promise to her mother and mm-hmm. how much she has become her own person now that she hasn't had to take care of three other people as well as herself. So that one was, it wasn't necessarily the the line that was my favorite, but it was how she responded to it. That was my favorite part, probably, mm-hmm. of this whole, of these chapters. Yeah, I, I also remember that one. That was a really good one. I think it was 
definitely a nice parallel to see how much she's grown since when her father first said that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that it was a good callback to when the father originally said it, but I think that this one's going to mean more. And I, I talked a lot about when the father said that to her. I talked about a lot about that in episode uh, one, I think. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, but I think I said then that I hope that Feyre thinks about this whenever she feels down and, you know, feels bad about leaving her family about, you know, just saying, okay, I'll go with you. But I think that how, how similar this exit, this uh, leaving was, I think that this one's going to be even more impactful on her than the first one was. I think that it was symbolic, but I think that it was better for it to come from someone that she actually had a connection with because she did develop a connection with Nesta. And I don't think she ever really did with her dad. And I also think we should mention how much more powerful her leaving this time is because it is not coerced. It is entirely of her free will. And it's essentially for the first time her choosing for herself what she wants. Yeah, it is. And not because of other people, not because someone else chose it for her. You know, while she was everything from when Tamlin first came to get her from when he made her leave was under Tamlin's control almost. And like he could mm-hmm. decide for Feyre what was best for Feyre. And before that, Feyre made the decisions, but she made it in a way that it was impacting. It wasn't just impactful for her. It was impactful for her, her sisters and her father. And I think that it is amazing to see that now she's just like, this is for me. This is what mm-hmm. I want. I want to save the person that I have come to know and love, not because he wants me there, not because it's best for my family, but because it's best for everyone. It's best for the world. It's best for me to go back to where I felt most at home, even if I didn't have control over that situation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important character development. And then it feels like it's almost just ruined in the next chapter, but I think she's still growing. Obviously, any person who's like had trauma for as long as she does, it's not all at once. You're just fit, so you have highs and yeah. lows. But yeah, I yeah. think I think it's an important turning point for her. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's going to be interesting how she comes back from that low because I feel like it could have it would have been a lot better for her to go into the the cave the under the mountain area if she had been energized and empowered by alice Mm -hmm. and not torn down and blamed by alice and it's going to be interesting how she's going to be able to be like this wasn't my fault i should be able to do i can do this even though you know in the like i just it could when you're torn down like that right before a big battle, you're not going in it very motivated. It would have Words been a lot take better. power away. Yeah. It would have been a lot better for her psyche if Alice had been, gone about that 
that talk a little differently. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And that's why Alice was so low on both of our lists was yeah. because of that. Yeah. Yeah. So this wasn't the the funniest episode. This wasn't, I, I think it was very insightful. I think we had a lot of good topics to to dive into and and dissect but you mm-hmm. know um no it was very dark yeah <laughs> just in lieu of these chapters as well it was yeah especially 32 it's just yeah there's a lot there's a lot to within vodumps like that to muddle through and mm-hmm. process honestly yeah but i hope that you know i think next episode is going to be our big like action packed episode where we're like okay fights are happening like i at least i hope at this point i mean <laughs> we're we're right on the cusp of that if it's not it's either gonna be physical or very mental yes it's gonna be one of the two yeah so i don't think next episode's gonna be super duper uh funny and or light either but you know hopefully by the end of this book hopefully it will end on a happy note, one that we can make some more jokes on. And, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I don't think I drank a lot either. Like I was very, I wanted to make my points. I wanted to, <laughs> to you had a lot to say. Yeah. So, um, you know, this wasn't, wasn't very sips motivated, lots of subtext, but not, you know, and no laughs other than when I, I, messed up recording but that's okay what next time will be it would have been weird if we were just making a lot of jokes in this section i feel like i agree i think we yeah yeah but anyway so until next time cheers cheers For more information and updates, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Sips and Subtext. If you like what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe and follow us. And if you're feeling extra nerdy, give us a buzzed-worthy review.